I'm Mike Vardy. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash productive convo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now... You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast.
On this episode of the Productivity is Podcast, I welcome Bedros Koulian. He is the founder of Fit Body Bootcamp, uh, which has just grown exponentially. He's the author of the forthcoming book, Man Up. And uh, we're kindred spirits in some ways. There's a lot of things that we do that are kind of very similar. So I thought it was apt to have him on the show. We talk about leadership. We talk about the one thing, the one word that he has uh, that really has defined his success and allowed him to be more productive. We dive into a whole bunch of things, his morning routine. There's so many things that we get into during this episode. I think you're you're really going to enjoy it. I know I enjoyed having my conversation with Bedros Koulian here on the Productivityist Podcast. Enjoy. I'd like to welcome Bedros Koulian to the Productivityist Podcast. Bedros, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure. So uh, my audience may not necessarily be very familiar with your work, although, you know, if you were to search your name and dive in, there's lots of stuff out there. You and I have actually been featured on on My Morning Routines, which we're going to get to a little bit later. And I know you're working on a book, as am I, so we're going to talk about that as well. But I'd like you to kind of introduce yourself to the Productivityist audience so that way they get a sense of who you are and maybe why you're here today. Sure, sure. The easiest way to introduce myself is to say that I'm the American dream and I'm the immigrant edge, uh, which pretty much means that, you know, my family and I, we escaped communist Russia, Soviet Union in 1980. I was six years old and we came to the United States because my dad believed in the westernized way of life, which is, you know, capitalist government and free enterprise and opportunity and freedom. And so I'm also a, one of the luckiest guys on the planet because I, I live my purpose and my passion every single day. Um, I was a fat kid throughout high school, and I decided to actually get in shape by working out so that I can I can go to prom senior year. And so while I never had the nerve to ask a girl to prom, um, so I never went, that completely changed my trajectory in life. And I decided I love working out so much, and I love how I lost 30 pounds of fat and gained confidence and self-esteem that I wanted to make fitness my career. So I knew my career path pretty early on. Now, there were some struggles along the way. I was a personal trainer, a fry cook, and a, and a bouncer at a bar um, all at the same time at some point. But ultimately, I ended up opening up five personal training gyms in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, sold those for a nice profit, ended up coaching and consulting personal trainers. To date, I've uh, helped over 44,000 personal trainers, gym owners, boot camp owners grow their businesses. And um now I am the founder and CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, one of the largest and fastest growing uh, fitness franchises out there. Um, and I also coach and consult, um, you know, high performing entrepreneurs like uh, New York Times bestselling authors and and CEOs of supplement companies, et cetera, who want to have the same level of growth that we've had with our franchise. So let's talk about the fact that you've kind of had this. You, you know, very early on, you figured out what you you kind of what your career path held, but you you have you do wear a lot of hats. And one of the posts I want to talk to you about is this, the the one word that you have that's responsible for your success. And uh, it's one that I, I talk about a lot. And it's I think it's a, a, a huge component of personal productivity. And that's called mm -hmm. habits. I mean, I know yes. for me, um, I'm not, I mean, I was kind of like, I went to the prom, I went with a friend, I went with like, you know, the, the friend zone friend that you yeah, have. Dude, I, <laughs> I would have been totally fine going, going with friends. I didn't even think of asking my friends, man. 
so yeah so i went uh and it was it was it was a great time but i never really was someone that got in shape or worked on and and this year uh i i adopted the idea of having professional themes and personal themes as my monthly themes my audience knows i do uh time theming and monthly theming is one of the things i do so this year in september i focused on running because i start my year in, in september i as of this recording will have ran um uh will be running rather my my first 8k ever the one that i'm not you know like the first time you're ever f- running a race that you're not forced to run because you're in gym class nice. or something like that um and that was all because i said i want to make measured progress on running over the course of the month of september so how first off how have habits led to your success and and what were the ones that you put in place that you think kind of jump started that in the first place uh, first of all mike i think you and i might be cut from the same cloth because <laughs> In 2010, I decided that I was going to train for six weeks. Uh, by the way, again, I was—I've never run um, ever, ever. Not—not mm-hmm. not unless there was a fire and I had to run. <laughs> uh, and I decided to train for six weeks, and I ran the San Diego Marathon, uh, 26.2 miles. And I did that because, you know, as a meathead, muscle guy, all I kept telling myself for the decade and a half before that was. You know, God's designed me to lift weights. I can lift heavy things and put them down, but I'm not good on long distance. And so when we tell ourselves we're not good at something, we start creating a new belief system. And a belief system then leads to habits. If I believe that I'm a loser, then my habits are going to reinforce the belief system of I'm a loser. So my habits are going to be ones that, you know, I eat sloppy, I uh, sleep in, I show up to work late. And so therefore I reinforce my belief system. And so it's funny that you say that about the running. I, my whole thing was I'm going to train for six weeks and run a marathon because I never did. And I realized my belief system was that I'm not made to run, which, which is BS. The human body is so resilient. You can evolve and do anything. So for me, you're absolutely right, man. I had to change my belief system that I can run. And when I changed my belief system, my habits followed. And that's, that's how it always is. Beliefs come first. You have to first believe that you can be successful, that you can be rich, that you can run, that you can live a healthy life, that you could be strong, you can have a, 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 a strong and lasting relationship. And when you start believing that, the habits fall in line. For me, the habits that fell in line to become a successful entrepreneur was, one, surrounding myself with people who are far smarter than me. Up until that point, uh, my habits were, I'm going to hang out with my friends from high school and I would always talk about you know, remember when back in the day kind of mentality. And one day I realized I might be the smartest guy in this group here. And I remember one of my personal training clients who was a millionaire saying that, you know, you never want to be the smartest guy in the room. And I'm looking around at that moment, figuring out, holy smokes, I'm the smartest guy in this group. Uh, I can't do this. And so I created a new belief system that I need to hang out with millionaires. Well, where do I find millionaires? I joined a coaching program. And through that coaching program, my habits changed. I started, one, batch processing things uh, the night before, before ever, you know, before my butt ever hit the uh, seat to get anything done. So I'd make a list of everything I'm going to dominate the night before. I'd wake up and dominate my list. So that was one of the best habits I've ever done. Another habit was going to sleep at the same time every single day, seven days a week. I'm in bed by 10. I'm awake by 4.30 or 5 a.m. without an alarm clock. Another habit that I adopted was to never hit the snooze button if the alarm clock goes off or if my iPhone goes off, uh, I've got it set for five o'clock. If I can beat it and get up early, great. 
But at five o'clock, if it goes off, if I hit the snooze button, I'm really telling my subconscious mind that I'll take an extra 10 minutes of interrupted sleep over, you know, getting up and dominating my path. And so one habit by one habit, I started to get more productive by batch processing my to-do list, by going to sleep at the same time, waking up at the same time, seven days a week, by surrounding myself with millionaires and entrepreneurs who then I could rise to their level of success. And those were the three big things for me. From there, it kind of bled into every other part of my life, which was I started eating healthy again. Because I, I, up until that point, I was trying to out-train my bad diet. I started eating healthy again. Um, I started to go through my morning rituals. I started creating habits of morning rituals. And so once you start one good habit, it starts to domino. Just like when you start a bad habit, it tends to domino. You know, it's funny. Uh, my wife and I were just talking about this yesterday, and I was saying, you know, I, I was a big soda pop guy. Like, that was my thing, is I, I drank soda pop. And once I started running, and I've actually trans transferred to a largely plant-based diet, I, and uh, I was talking to her yesterday, I'm like, you know, I can't remember the last time I had a pop at home. I can remember, because uh, they all bled together. Every day, I, it was just part of what I did. Now, I think the last time I had a, a soda pop was in the movie theater. Like that was, and that's a rule that I set. Like, it's okay for me to have a pop or a soda in, in the movie theater because that, that, is, that is the place it's okay. It's the same reason right. why at this point I don't keep uh, beer in the fridge at home. It's okay for me to have a beer out with friends, but if I have it at home, then one, you know, then, then I'm the type of guy that would have like a beer every day after the end of the day, right. After, after my day of work. So it's about setting, like, I think it's the idea of setting up these frameworks and setting up these triggers. Now you've got, um, I want, I'll talk about your morning routine in a second, because I believe routines are habits stacked upon one another. It's pretty common, but you've got this thing that I, I found and I'll put the link in here from early to rise called the B, the big B doc. And I'm looking at it, and you know what I'm talking about here. And <laughs> yeah. um, it's 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 like it's it's a massive manifesto. It's a how many uh, there's there's just seventy what is it, 75, 70, Yeah, I think it's seventy two. Yeah, seventy two yeah, points. 80. So yeah. why did you put this together? And how like how often do you re, you know how often do you refer to it? Is it become ingrained? And secondly, do you recommend that other people put something similar together to help them? Yes get to that that level that they want to be at. Yeah. You, you know what it is, as you said, all, all morning rituals are, are habits stacked on top of each other, right? Mm -hmm. And we all have good morning rituals or ineffective morning rituals. And so with that, I believe that, you know, we all need to have rules, rules for life. Like you have a rule that says I will not have soda pop or beer in the fridge, but when I'm at the movie theater, I can have a soda pop or when I'm out with friends, I can have a beer. That's a rule that you've set for yourself. Ironically, again, we might be cut from the same cloth. <laughs> I don't have Diet Coke in the house, but I tell myself that when I'm out and at a restaurant, I can order a Diet Coke because I'm probably out at a restaurant maybe once a week. So four times, and even then when I do, I never ask for a refill, one glass, and that's it. And by setting those rules, you're reinforcing your good habits. And so when I created this manifesto, I kind of told myself like, what are all the things that I learned from my dad? Because my dad was an entrepreneur when we came here. He opened up a little tailor shop, small business. And I would see, you know, the things that he would do that would put a smile on his customer's face, right? Like to show gratitude, to exceed expectations. And a lot of those things are part of that list of 72. And so I started kind of jotting those down long ago. And maybe it was like 20 or 30 of them that I saw my dad do. And I would just read through that and go, okay, when in doubt, I saw the things that my dad would do to make people happy and exceed expectations and get customers to come back. And then over time, 
I found that, I mean, you've done this before where you do something or you say something or a gesture and you just, you know, make someone's day. Mm -hmm. And I go, holy smokes. Okay, let me jot that down. And so over time, this manifesto of 72, which continues to grow now, um, was formed. And so I one day I sent it to Craig Ballantyne, who's, you know, the, the yep. editor of uh, Early to Rise. And, and he goes, hey, dude, I like this. Can I, can I publish it? I said, yeah, have at it. Publish it. Yeah, Craig's been on the show before. He did. Uh, he's got the perfect day formula and all that stuff. Craig's a, yeah. also uh, Canadian, uh, fellow yes. fellow fellow Canadian, not living in Canada. Well, I think he splits his time, but um, yeah, yeah, half in Denver, uh, half at my house, and half in Toronto. <laughs> so let's talk about how all of this stuff um, has. And and by the way, if you want to look up your morning routine, I'll have the link uh, in the show notes as well, as well as mine, because I, I mean. We'll see. Definitely. You can compare, see if we are indeed cut from the same cloth as close as we are already. But I want to talk about how all of these things, as well as, you know, what else has helped you kind of um, deliver and, and and create rapid growth of, of fit body. Like how has that, how have these things helped and what else has been, have been the ingredients to uh, allow for that rapid growth? Oh man. Well, I'll tell you, speaking, going back to habits, I had a habit of being a very ineffective leader. And uh, you, around 2013, 2014, I was a very lousy leader of a franchise. In fact, we launched our franchise in 2012. By 2014, we were ready to go uh, bankrupt. It was that bad. And it was because I was too approval seeking. I was too dismissive of important stuff that I needed to have conversations on with business partners and employees. And really, I was too afraid of confrontation. Uh, confrontation isn't always bad. Sometimes you just have to confrontation simply means clear, unsugarcoated communication. That's all confrontation is. There's also confrontation that can be violent, where if you go up to someone's face and punch them, mm -hmm. that's definitely confrontation as well. But as an entrepreneur, sometimes you need to just, uh, you know, step up to the confront confrontation, have open, honest communication, and then move away. If you don't, what ends up happening to entrepreneurs, and anyone listening to this can relate, you'll end up having this passive aggressive energy between you and your coworkers, you and your business partner, you and your spouse, you and your customers. And before you know it, what's supposed to be complimenting becomes adversarial relationship. And so that was me in 2014, man. So I said, all right, I'm gonna start adapting habits of strong, effective leaders. So what are the habits? I started doing the research. And the research that I went to was generals. I feel, feel that generals are some of the best um, leaders. And so, okay, Norman Schwarzkopf, what did he say? He said, indecision has cost Americans more money than making the wrong decision. And he said this during the first Iraqi war when the United States couldn't figure out, do we put more money towards the war? Do we do a surge? Do we pull our soldiers back out? What do we do? In the meantime, the general and his, and his military was in a holding pattern and it was costing Americans more tax dollars uh, trying to figure out what we're going to do than had we made a decision quickly and if it was the right decision, we'd know. If it was the wrong decision, we'd also know and we could course correct. So I became more decisive as a leader. When I was time for a decision, I didn't wait to have 100% of the information I needed. I decided that I'm gonna make a decision as soon as I have at least half the information I need. And if I can do that, that puts me at least 50% ahead of the competition who's trying to get 100% of the information before they can make the right decision. And so I said, well, gee, making big decisions is scary. How do I make big decisions easier? 
all right, I'm going to be decisive and quick on small decisions. Which shirt am I going to wear today? Do I wear flip-flops or tennis shoes today? Uh, where are we going on date night? Are we going to see a movie and then go have steak? Or are we going to have sushi and go to the bookstore? And I would start making all those little decisions on date night or hanging out with my friends or you know the clothes I'm going to wear. But little decisions really build your decision-making muscles so that when you step up to a big decision, when Entrepreneur Magazine calls you and says, hey, look, we had a, someone drop off, uh, an advertiser drop off, and there's three full-page ads available for March, April, and May. We, we'll give it to you at an 18% discount. Do you want it or not? We're about to call 10 other people. I can make a decision on something big like that on the spot. Or my traffic buyer says, you know, we're spending $200,000 a month on Facebook. I think that uh, YouTube is an untapped resource. Can we uh, allocate $60,000 a month to YouTube? I can make a decision quickly and then course correct if I need to, rather than spend months doing research while the price of YouTube ads continue to go up. And so I become a better leader by one, becoming decisive, two, communicating openly, clearly, and honestly, and number three, being clear on my vision and my path. I used to have no no clear vision on where I wanted to take this franchise. Do I want 100 locations? Do I want 5,000 locations? And if I have 5,000 locations, do we want 5,000 owners or do we want 2,500 owners meaning each owner would have two locations. And those things are important when you're growing a business because that determines how many employees I will have. That mm -hmm. will determine how much money I'm spending. That'll determine my profit margins. So I got very clear on my vision, which ironically then, my employees turned into team members. And in my book, Man Up, I talk about employees are people who clock in a little bit late, clock out a little bit early, um, they do the bare minimum to maintain employment, whereas a team member is a group of like-minded individuals who are fiercely driven to produce the same outcome. And in our case, it's 2,500 locations by the year 2020 with 800 owners or less, period. And the reason we want that is I want to have a lean staff here at our headquarters so I can pay them well, so we have less turnover, and I can have high expectations because I call them fighter jets and not crop dusters. And so... When I made the decision to become an effective leader by you know, following those four things, all of a sudden from 2014 to 2017, we just saw 300%, 300%, 400% growth in our business. And it wasn't that we were doing any better marketing. It wasn't that we had found the holy grail of leads or we had some amazing sales process. I had finally become a, an effective leader and I parted ways with the employees who were not a good fit. As Jim Collins says, you know, as an employer, you are the bus driver. Your business is the bus. And if you've got the wrong people on the bus, you have an obligation to them and your business to pull over and get them off your bus. Sometimes you've got the right people on the bus, but in the wrong seats. Again, the leader is supposed to make a quick decision and figure out you're in the wrong seat. Let's put you on the right seat and get more productivity out of you. And so those are all the things that a great leader does. And then, sadly, an ineffective leader has these adversarial relationships, sleeps in, uh, doesn't lead from the front, instead expects high performance from his team, but actually shows up as a low performer, and your team can tell. You know, you can make whatever kind of excuse you want. Your team can tell if you're a low performer who has high expectations of them. And so once I did that, we really turned the corner, and I was blown away how leadership is always the problem, and leadership is always the solution. You know, this is this is one of the things that I struggled with early on as we were building our business here at Productivityist is the idea that I because I grew up, 
I grew up, and when I say grew up, I literally was like a young young guy when I started working at Costco. Worked at Costco for 12 years, but I was a manager. And there's a difference between being a manager and a leader. Now, a manager can have leadership qualities, right? But managing right. versus leading is very – managing, it, to me, is, is, is very – hard skill oriented, right? Like, you you know, the stuff that the hard skill stuff, but the soft skills are trickier. And in fact, the reason it, uh, it took me so long to get promoted at Costco, I was there for three years and job after job came up, but I didn't get it is the guy said, you have all the hard skills in the world, but it's the soft skills that we need you to work on. And, and things like fostering decision making and making it easier. And I mean, when we talk about like the idea of, of daily themes here is that like every day has an overarching focus. I, I did that for myself, but now I've taken that and applied it to the, to the company as well. So like, for example, Wednesday is audio video day for productivity, which means that I only focus on audio video work, which means that I only do interviews on Wednesday and I only do video work on Wednesday, but that also means podcasts gets released on, on Wednesday, things like that. So it just streamlines things. And then again, you, you're, you're kind of leading the process instead of trying to manage it. Now let's, yeah. let's talk about the book because um, the book is coming out. Uh, it's it's you can you can actually and I'll put the link in where you can actually get updates and details. But it's called Man Up: How to Cut the and here we go, John Polstra. Here's where you have to bleep me out bullshit, <laughs> and dominate your path. Uh, John John the producer now has has a little bit of work there. But uh, what what do you go over in the book and and how how can the book help people? especially in the realm of personal productivity, you know, because they want to be able to marry their intentions with the proper amount of attention along the way. Sure, sure. You know, I'm glad you asked that because in the book, Man Up, it's it's real simple. I go fully transparent and authentic and I explain that I was a ineffective leader, that I had anxiety attacks so bad that I thought I was having heart attacks. Um, in fact, I had a really nice sports car that my son and I, who at the time was eight years old, would go out and drive around in the evenings. And I was such a bad leader that one day payroll taxes, um, affiliate commissions, and um, I'm sorry, uh, not payroll taxes, uh, quarterly taxes, affiliate commissions, and payroll lined up in the same month, Mike. And unfortunately, I had to sell my sports car for $20,000 less. I pretty much had a fire sale. And I'm trying to explain to my son after you know we're on our last drive and the guy's supposed to come down from San Francisco to pick up the car the next morning, I go, hey, buddy, so this is the last day we're going to drive the, the GTR here. And um, but, you know, one day we'll get a new one. And he goes, why, daddy? Why are we selling the GTR? I said, well, you know, we have payroll and we have quarterly taxes and affiliate commissions. And I just see him crying. And here I am trying to explain quarterly taxes and payroll to an eight year old. All I had to do, man, was become an effective leader and take control of my business and do the right things instead of the easy things. And I would have literally not only had that car, but probably 10 other sports cars for me and my son to choose from. And that was our bonding moment. You know, two or three times a week, we'd go out and do that, especially as I drive him to one of his sports practices. So the point of this is in the book, though, I not only talk about how to become an effective leader and how to build a high performance team to support you in your vision, but I really talk about productivity as well, because you could be an effective leader, but go hyper focus on all the wrong things. And if you start hyper-focusing on, on the minutia, the trivial stuff, instead of the critical few things, then again, you're really the bottleneck for your business. And so in that, I talk about what are the things that a high-performance entrepreneur needs. Well, it's usually you're going to be a master at delegating, motivating, and selling. You're going to delegate to your team, to your business partner, to your subcontractors. You're going to motivate your clients, customers to take action. 
And of course, you're going to sell. You are going to be the front man of your business or the front woman of your business. And so any type of productivity that's concerned needs to kind of leverage those three things. If you are not leveraging those three things, then whatever you've got on your list of things to do for to, to, to consider yourself productive today uh, is an absolute waste of time. So, Bedros, this, this book is going to be available as of July, right? July 2018. People can sign up to get updates. What are you planning on offering during the update phase? Because I know, I know the process of kind of showing your work, that Austin Cleon kind of idea. That's something I'm a big proponent of. What, what can they expect when they sign up? Because uh, just the title alone is compelling, right? And I mean, obviously, you've d- d- developed a little bit of what you're going to be talking about in there. But what will people expect to see when they sign up? Because there, there's a bit of a wait coming up. Yeah, there is. Yeah. So when, when, when people go to manup.com and you know, the, the book kind of the title says it all, you know, man up, cut the BS and dominate your path. And it's really about dominating your path in business, in relationships, in your fitness. The, the overarching arch of the book is about business and how I, and I went fully transparent about how I you know, almost destroyed my relationship, my health, because I was just such a poor leader. But when they get on that notification list, because let's face it, the book's not coming out until July, 2018, what I plan on doing is I'm making short videos where I teach a nugget or two from the book and I release it every month. And I go in depth with case studies from clients because remember I have, I have over 1800 private coaching clients who all are entrepreneurs at different levels, online businesses, offline businesses, products, services, you name it. And so I might use a case study of a client who used an element from the book and had a big breakthrough. And so I'll cite that case study in a video. I plan on making them three to six minutes long and then releasing it to that list, which kind of gives also the people on that list a early idea of what the real the the meat of the book is all about. So it's a great teaser, lots of great content, a lot of behind the scenes of the clients that I'm working with and the real problems and bottlenecks they're they're dealing with right now. Awesome. Pedro, this has been a great conversation. Um, I can't wait. Uh, I'm signing up to get the updates because I want to see what, what 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 goes on. It's been a great conversation. And it's good to know that I'm not the only one that either that when it came to prom and all that stuff was kind of like, I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. But now I feel like I'm in a much better. I mean, again, going to conferences, hanging out with people, talking to people like you, uh, you know, it's it's a distant memory at this point. Uh, maybe it's time for, you know, what we should do is we should get together in 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 your and just have our own prom like get like just invite all our cool <laughs> friends and have the prom that we wanted to have <laughs> you know what dude i'm totally down for that you can come in awesome Pedros. thanks for joining me today on the podcast thanks mike appreciate it what did i tell you what a great conversation you know i mean i was looking up who Bedros was, and there's a lot to find on the internet about him. He's been around for a while, but it's refreshing to see, you know, that he's still on that journey. He's still learning, growing, evolving. And uh, I had a great time talking with him. And uh, for the members of the Productivities community, they've got bonus material. If you want to know more about that, go to productivityist.com slash membership, and you can learn more about getting bonus content that accompanies this podcast, as well as a slew of other things as well. So productivityist.com slash membership, that will help you with that. If you like the show, I'd encourage you to subscribe and leave a rating and review in wherever you're listening to this podcast, because I want to make the show better. And I'm sure you want to listen to a better show. So if you do that, that'd be greatly appreciated. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks to John Polster for producing the show. Thanks to you for listening. And until next time, this is Mike Vardy from Productivityist reminding you to stop guessing and start going.